Now, there is some mean and wicked weather out there, and WMNF will be providing you with the latest information on the storm heading our way from meteorologists at the Florida Public Radio Emergency Network, both on the air and at WMNF.org slash weather. The team at WMNF will be here for you, and we'll ride through this together. Hi, this is Steve Berlin of Los Lobos. You're listening to WMNF, Tampa, Florida. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Hello out there, my dear friends and listeners, and thank you for keeping your radio dial tuned to WMNF Tampa. Welcome to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey. Today, the good doctor is going to tell us a little bit about what we need to know regarding general nutrition. You are encouraged to participate in this discussion or if you have any related medical questions by calling 813-239-9663 or sending an email to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0885. Good Monday morning to you, Dr. Fred. Nutrition. That's one of those words that everyone seems to toss around so nonchalantly as though everyone knows exactly what they're talking about. But if asked to give examples of the seven types of nutrition, you'd get the same glazed-on overlook in their eyes as if you had asked them what the seven canonical hours of prayer are. Few would be able to answer about nutrition, and only a Catholic who had been liberally beaten about their head and shoulders by fierce little Irish nuns would be able to address canonical prayers. So, enlighten us, Doc. What do we need to know about nutrition and maintaining a healthy diet? Good Monday morning, Bill, and that was a great introduction. Nutrition is something that, unfortunately, my profession seems to have forgotten uh, as a key uh, uh, intervention in helping people thrive. You know, um, synchronicity is amazing. I'm talking about functional nutrition today because I'm a functional medicine doctor. And um, it's really amazing how when you're in the flow, things just tend to happen. I picked this week out of the blue. And this week is when the White House is actually sponsoring a conference on hunger, nutrition, and health. And it's really amazing because there are some ideas here that I think we need to discuss before I talk about nutrition. Um, I, I included a link here uh, for it. If you go just uh, search White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health. You're going to find the links to the White House uh, website, uh, health.gov, et cetera. Um, but the, there are some really interesting things that they decided to address here. It's pretty amazing. Um, initially, it's going to be, um, obviously, this is a progressive uh, uh, White House, so they're going to talk about food access and affordability, which means they're going to look about expanding eligibility and increased participation and food assistance programs, et cetera, and trying to transport food into the food deserts where um, there is little food available. Um, because I don't consider the things you find at the, uh, you find at the local bodega um, or um, your, your 7-Eleven food. I mean, they look like food and people ingest them, but they're really actually tasty food-like substances created by large conglomerates of uh, chemical manufacturers uh, that make a swill that resembles a food that we used to eat, but it's no longer that. Um, so we need to really address those issues and figure out how we're going to get people who have food assistance programs to not buy things. I'm not, I'm not certain, but I mean, can you buy soda on these programs? That's not food, remember? 
Can you buy uh, crackers that have preservatives and artificial flavors in them? Can you buy cookies like that? That's not food. So we really need to actually redirect it away from processed stuff to food. But I don't know that that's going to happen. But you can submit your ideas to this. If you go onto that website and click on submit your ideas, you can type anything you want. Um, integrated nutrition and health. What a concept. Integrate nutrition and health. Prioritize the role of nutrition and food security and overall health, including disease prevention and management, and ensure that our healthcare system addresses the nutrition needs of all people. Well, <clears throat> when we start looking at prioritizing the role of nutrition, we have to actually prioritize what we consider nutrition. Bleached enriched flour is not live food. It's dead food. It's been bleached. It's been killed. It's been stripped of life. And then it's basically a chemical, a dead chemical. And then we add chemicals in because we've stripped the good chemicals out. So we've got to put some back in to make it actually useful, like B vitamins and things like that. So I love that they're doing this, but I would recommend that everybody go to that website and put in some opinions about what needs to happen. Empower all consumers to make and have access to healthy choices. Well, if you allow food manufacturers to put preservatives like BHA and BHT, artificial colors, artificial flavors, artificial anything into there, it's not food anymore. So are they really having access to healthy choices if we label a not food, quotes, healthy because it doesn't contain a certain fat or it doesn't contain too much sugar, but it contains artificial sweeteners. I mean, is that healthy? A better choice? I don't think so. Support physical activity for all. Well, that's not hunger or nutrition, and it does contribute to health, but I think we need to focus on the what's going into our bodies. I think moving is really important. We all know that. That's a different area of concern, but I think it's good they're mentioning it here because there's not enough physical activity for most Americans. Think about it. A third of America adults are pre-diabetes condition. They have insulin resistance. They're actually not tolerating carbohydrates. And the standard Western model is to give you a pill to handle that rather than telling you to stop eating sugar, starch, potatoes, you know, the works. <clears throat> and then the last pillar of their uh, plan is to enhance nutrition and food security research, improve nutrition metrics, data on collection, research to inform nutrition. This is nice, but the bottom line is we already know major problems. Monoculture agriculture has stripped half the, the topsoil from the Midwest over the last hundred years. There's no more nutrition in the soil, so there's no nutrition in the food. We need to ban monoculture agriculture. We need to stop using, and the reason we need to ban monoculture agriculture, which is the principal way we do growing in this country. Think about it. Huge fields of corn, huge fields of soybeans. The only way that works now, because we've done it too long and it's the wrong way to do it, is to actually enhance the product. So what do we do? We create genetically manipulated organisms and use those so we can spray pesticides all over this stuff so that people can eat poison. It's the only way we can actually grow these monocultures. We need to stop this. It's killing the planet and us. So we can't really enhance nutrition and food security research unless we think about things that are killing our ability to get good crop yields. And losing topsoil is one of those. Bill, I think we are actually in need of a station ID. I think we are, too. And I'm glad for that opportunity to give this little shout out that 
Folks, you're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey, and we're looking forward to you participating. Give us a call at 813-239-9663. Greg's in the command room waiting for your call. You can also send your emails to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. And back to you there, Doc. Thank you, Bill. So why nutrition? Well, easy. Biochemical nutrition is one of the foundations of health, the other being consciousness, in, in, in my opinion. But so it's, it's you think your way to health and you eat your way to health. When you think your way to health, you actually make good choices like going and doing exercise. So it helps with action. But functional medicine's core belief is that comprehensive approach to healthcare must include clinical nutrition. That's why we've been doing it for the last 30 years. Nutrition. Um, um, important in that and it's an the environmental factor that influences gene expression and phenotypic expression every time we open our mouths so what i'm saying here is that um the nutrition we eat tells which genes to turn on and off and phenotypic expression is the way our body presents based on the blueprint of the genes so you are not a prisoner of your genes. It's a blueprint. You need to be the engineer of your life and look at your genes. And we can do that very easily now. And um, and we don't even need to necessarily when we look at a person and listen to their family history and their history, we can actually consider some of the genes that might be involved and then help you uh, uh, adapt your nutrition, your nutritional intake to your needs genetically so you can produce the body you want, the mind you want. Nutrients. They are biologic response modifiers. In other words, each chemical in the foods you eat tells your body to do certain things. Um, the health of the molecular soup of the body really depends on the genes interactions with macronutrients, starch, fat, protein, and micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, and conditionally essential nutrients. So the health challenges, diseases, age-related diseases, are directly related to this mismatch between dietary and lifestyle habits and genetic predisposition. Heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, many cancers, digestive disorders, autoimmune diseases, osteoporosis, neurodegenerative conditions like ALS, Alzheimer's, dementia, and numerous endocrine and immune problems are linked to inappropriate nutrition. Why do we look at it functionally? because functional medicine provides a conceptual shift into a better way of looking at these things. Standard thinking, which we've used for the last 100 years or so, maybe not quite that long, you need X grams of fiber per day for healthy living. And studies have shown this, you know, you need X micrograms of vitamin A and X milligrams of vitamin B, whatever. So it's a real linear thing, but we all know that life is not linear. Life is connected to a web, so everything interacts and everything has specific uh, uh, roles. So functional thinking, what roles does fiber have in our body? What type of fiber is in this specific food? Which fiber is good for this specific person? Molecules have purpose and we need to respect that. And the reason functional medicine does this is because functional medicine understands that we work on biochemical individuality. Everybody is unique like a snowflake. There is a dynamic balance of internal and external factors. So we have to pay attention to all of those. And that's called conscious living. Uh, Web-like, uh, uh, like the internet, uh, it's a connection of physiologic factors. Health is not something that is um, um, a right. It is a pursuit 
we all have a choice to pursue our health and we want to pursue optimal function or vitality. And the way we do that is by preserving the organ reserve. And we do that by eating the right things, doing the right activities, and taking care of this body consciously. I think we have a caller. Whoops, absolutely we do. We've got Laurel from Tampa on the line, and she's got a question for us. Good morning, Laurel. What you got? Hi, good morning. Um, it's, it's less of a question rather than a critique, yes. if I may. Um, so when we describe things such as food desert, um, yes. that is taking things out of context significantly. Okay. Um, okay. If we phrase it more as a food apartheid, recognizing that nutrition and access to nutrition is a classist and racist um, infrastructure, not just, hey, people made bad choices and now they're diabetic. I love your point, and it's so on target. You are completely correct in that, and I agree entirely. And so that's why I was really frightened and bothered by the previous show. Um, um, uh, Democracy Now! Uh, really uh, got me concerned about what racists want to do with our nation. So we need to be alert that we have a racist problem that's trying to turn us into Nazi Germany of the 30s. I mean, that I think is a, a separate concept. Oh, it's all the same thing. We're dealing with across the board. We have a systemic problem that some people want to make permanent. Absolutely. Uh, but I think that by being blithe and being like, oh, if you just need to know your DNA, um, and then you too can be healthy and, and activate your genome. Is yes, it's true. You can. It's not disingenuous at all. That is the truth. But the problem is some people are being disempowered and prevented from actually accessing the truth and the ability to affect their lives positively. That's the problem. I totally agree with you. So when healthy foods in general, fresh produce, veggies, low, um, uh, sorry, lean meat, all that kind of good stuff yeah. is, is gentrified. To the point where even when it exists in communities, it is unaffordable. How, like, yes. that's more of a systemic issue than just please make better choices. Oh, I agree, but I'm talking about nutrition. I'm not talking about the system, but you've made a very good point about the system, and I thank you because we all need to be aware of that when we vote this fall because if we vote in racists, we're going to continue with a racist problem. And oh, so 110%. think about. So that's that's really a thing here is, yes, I agree with you. And yes, we have a racist problem for the entire nation and it affects nutrition, obviously. Um, last um, um, Black History Month or maybe the one before, I talked about how um, uh, the scrap soul food became the uh, diabetes and blood pressure and heart disease food for black Americans because of the nature of racism. So thank you, Laurel. Really good point. We should talk more about it. And um, we need to think about it when we vote this fall and every time we vote. Thanks. Yeah, I've got uh, Mark on the line, but I want to just again thank Laurel for calling on in. It reminds me of something I had read years ago that um, the food desert, or she called it food apartheid, um, is uh, to a certain extent almost a myth that there is no shortage of food that Bill Gates, you put him anywhere in the world and he'll never go hungry and he'll never be short of medical advice or assistance. It's true, and he's got billions, so he can afford to do all that stuff. But the people that are trapped in the inner cities, (laughs) whoops. It's there, but it's just being held back or it's just being ill-advised. 
Yes. Let's go to Mark. I've said enough. Good morning, Mark. Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yes, Mark. What's up? Okay, I just want to make sure my equipment's working. Um, I wanted to uh, comment on the monoculture. So uh, the, the way to force the issue, the way to force the farmers is to have a consumer revolt. So I've been doing that since uh, seven years old. I've been growing my own vegetables in Santa Monica. I was in a community garden in Long Beach. Now here in Florida, I have a giant backyard. And from now until May, I feed a family of four, my two sons. I don't buy any vegetables. So, so the, the way to force the issue is, is, is to make the farmers hurt, to take away the revenue stream, and you can do that by growing in your backyard and uh, organizing community gardens. They're better about that in California. My friends in Akron are doing it. Akron, Ohio, where I grew up. Hey, Mark. Mark, and, uh, I'll interrupt for a second. Mark, listen, the, Mark. Excuse me, Mark. Yeah, yeah, I want to tell you that, that Tampa Bay actually has a network of uh, backyard, apartment, yard, and, and uh, small organic farmers that actually is a sharing network. We're actually starting it here. We can do this. We can change this whole thing, man. Um, and it's happening, and I agree with you. But I, I think there's an easier, I mean, we all need to think about it, because I think victory gardens are what won World War II for America. We need to put victory gardens sure. back in so we can win the war of poverty, hunger, and the future climate change. We need to do this. But it was a there's another thing. Too. I used to love that shit. <laughs> and we, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, the victory garden. I love that guy. He was great. Yes. Um, but um, we can also tell our politicians to stop funding the big agriculture companies and ban GMOs and ban glyphosate and stop them cold in their tracks from poisoning us. That's the easy thing. Have the federal government stop supporting the stupidity. And then we also need to actually have our own backyard gardens. I totally agree with that. I have a quarter acre in uh, Southgate, Sarasota. We sunk a well last week because my uh, vegetable garden did not do well during the winter uh, because we stopped watering at $300 a month of uh, tap water. Um, <laughs> so um, this year we have a well. And um, so I agree, Mark, we need our victory gardens. Well, let me, let, let me make a, a couple comments. So, uh, you know, the subsidy should stop for everything across the board. Yes, oil, including gas, oil, solar, yeah. agriculture, everything across the board, including the stuff you like. So there's unintended consequences yeah. of funding. Even if you think it's a good idea, there's unintended consequences. So that should stop. And, yeah, absolutely, vote, vote, vote with your conscience. But I, I think the last thing we need is top-down government because absolute power corrupts and power corrupts absolutely. And even something well-meaning, yeah. uh, uh, a well-meaning turns bad because people get ugly when they when they get in control. So the best thing is the victory gardens because it'll uh, you, you'll take care of yourself. You know, it, it's too bad that some people can't get to uh, a store with fresh produce, but you know what? They can put in five tomato plants on their on their veranda and eat them all summer. Yes, uh, it's it's so important. These are so such it, good it, ideas. I think, it's, I think it's better to take control because to ask yes. the government to do anything, you're asking for trouble. Just see Venezuela, communist Poland, where my family come from. Government will screw things up faster than, than even if they're well-meaning. You have to remember Venezuela is not a communist government. They may be called that it's a, it's for a, some a, label it's, reason. It's, it's a freaking dictatorship. Absolutely. They're all dictatorships. 
Well, dictatorships are, quote, socialist, if you want to call it that, but it's really not socialist because the people aren't involved. There's only one person involved, so I can't call it socialism or communism because it's a dictatorship. They're different. Well, well, You can label it however you want, but it's still a dictatorship. Yeah, absolutely, but you have to remember what, what the process was, so... Uh, Julius. Well, no, no. Let's let's not talk. Let's not talk politics anymore. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate your input. It was great stuff. It's, it's what started first. So, it started out democratic. Yeah, I know, but we're we're done with talking about that. So have a great day and have a great week. And thank you for your really good input about being empowered to actually make your own impact in the planet. That's what I'm advising people to do. Grow your own food. It's so important because then you know what's in it. And I appreciate him making those comments and the suggestion too, like you had said, grow your own food. Um, John Prine's song comes to mind. I want to remind folks that you're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show. Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And we're looking forward to you participating by calling 813-239-9663 or continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. Or text us at 813-433-0885. Greg's waiting for you. All right, back to you there, Doc. So um, what happens when you mismatch nutrition and energy uh, in an individual's unique physiology? You get what functional medicine calls core clinical imbalances. We're not talking about diseases. We're talking about imbalances in your function. So We've broken it down into digestive, absorptive, and microbiomic imbalances. So your gut, basically. Um, detoxification and biotransformation, that's your liver taking care of the poisons and creating good molecules for you to build with. Oxidation reduction and mitochondropathy. Now, there's a big one. Oxidation reduction is basically um, the flame that's going on in your body from your own metabolism and from toxins and other influences like infections and trauma. So oxidative stress burns things and reduction takes care of that. Rust is oxidation. We can get rid of rust with antioxidants. Mitochondropathy, those are the energy units in the cell and oxidative uh, uh, reduction is what they do. That's how mitochondria create things, transform things and do the things we need to run the body and give us our ATP energy. So if you have uh, problems with nutrition, you might actually have mitochondria that don't function. And so you don't have energy. So here's a fatigue reason and a toxification region, reason with nutrition. And you can get imbalances in your hormones and neurotransmitters. Think about it. Every hormone in your body, all your steroid hormones are based in steroid cholesterol. Cholesterol is an absolutely essential nutrient. We do make it, but it's really good to take some. So uh, you can actually build your cortisol, your DHEA, your testosterone, your estrogen, your progesterone. These are all made from cholesterol. So is aldosterone. Um, neurotransmitters are made from amino acids for the most part. So if you don't get good protein, you can't make your good serotonin, your GABA. Um, immune and inflammatory imbalances. So if you uh, eat too many allergens, you might have your inflammation kicked up. If you don't eat enough fish oil, you might have your inflammation kicked up. And structural, well, if you don't eat enough of the macronutrients, proteins, fats, and starches, primarily proteins and fats, you actually have breakdown in your cells. Phosphatidylcholine from liver and from egg yolks, choline is one of the principal um, uh, uh, cell membrane constituents. 60% of your cell membrane is made up with this fat. So if you don't eat liver and you don't eat um, eggs, you need to get it from soy lecithin or sunflower lecithin or some other place because it's really hard to make it in the body very labor intensive. So 
the um, uh, the key to um, much of our uh, problems today is that we have vested a lot of emotion in eating. Many people have a lot of uh, uh, emotional triggers when it comes to certain foods. When I talk to people who need to give up certain foods, I hear you know words like, I can't give up my pizza. And I think, well, you can't give up your heart attacks then. I mean, it's like the disconnect is big, but emotional trauma leads to these attachments to food that don't make sense and cause illness. So one thing we can do is work on mindful eating, work on meditation to understand our triggering trauma that got us to want to dive face first into foods that kill us. Um, you know, um, clean your plate because people are starving somewhere else doesn't make sense if you're getting to be 300 pounds. Um, don't fill up your plate as big. So um, it, it, then we have to look actually at what actually foods we're eating. And, and we look at, we break it down into two major categories, macronutrients and micronutrients. The macronutrients are carbohydrates, proteins, and amino acids and fats. The micronutrients are the vitamins and the minerals. And then there are some energy molecules I'll talk about a bit later. But um, when you're looking at the um, macronutrients, carbohydrates, we look at things like fructose, high fructose corn syrup, two different things. But both actually avoid insulin and cause higher blood sugar levels and can cause some significant problems if we don't pay attention to um, how much of that we're eating. We should never eat high fructose corn syrup because it's basically a chemical byproduct of industry. Inulin, inulin is a fiber, uh, it's a soluble fiber. This is one of those um, uh, uh, special kinds of things that helps us. Fructo-oligosaccharides are similar. If your body's in balance and your microbiome's in balance, these things get metabolized into um, fats actually and provide another source of um, fuel for the body. Um, resistant starch and undigestible starch is a, another type of thing like this that provides a, a basis for the uh, microbiome in your belly to actually have food so it can thrive. And uh, dietary fiber, as I mentioned, soluble fiber is what actually is metabolizable. Uh, insoluble fiber is roughage and it just helps things move through. Both are important. And uh, it's been shown in a couple of studies, 35 grams of fiber a day is kind of a threshold for super healthy, optimal function. And so if you can get 35 grams, um, you're doing really well. There's about, I think, 25 grams in a full can of canned beans. So you have to eat a lot of fibrous foods to get this. Um, when you look at carbohydrate metabolism, you can get maldigestion from it. Um, people often get bloating and things like that when they eat specific carbohydrates. Some people can't tolerate because they lack an enzyme on the lining of their belly called lactase. They lack lactase, so they get lactose intolerance, and that sugar ferments and causes bloat and laxative effect and, and um, gas. Um, the other part of carbohydrate metabolism, no matter which type you're eating, um, it can actually... Um, well, actually, sorry, no matter which type of sugars um, you're eating and digestible starches, you will raise your blood glucose. And so you need to pay attention to that if you have a sugar metabolism issue. You know, somebody who's been diagnosed as pre-diabetes or as diabetes, um, there's no, no such thing as a diabetic. That's a label that's been created by Western medicine to confuse people. There are humans that have sugar metabolism problems, and it's not because they have a deficit of um 
uh, blood sugar medications is because they eat too much carbohydrates and don't move enough. Generally, there are other reasons for it. Taking medications can do it. Um, <clears throat> proteins and amino acids um, are broken down into the essential amino acids, the ones that we don't make in our body, the non-essential ones, the ones that we do make, proteins, full proteins, and peptides. Peptides are pieces of protein. Um, all of these have value and all of them show up in our foods. Um, oxidative stress is one of the things I talked about that are the core clinical imbalance. Cysteine is a very important amino acid that helps to quench oxidative stress. It shows up in dairy, it shows up in meat, it shows up in eggs. Um, and um, so cysteine um, is an animal protein-oriented kind of thing to help with your oxidative stress. Glutamine is an, uh, is an amino acid that um, actually helps to balance um, your brain chemistry um, and uh, sulfate. So uh, cysteine is a sulfur amino acid. It's great in detox. Sulfur is really important for detox. So in, uh, inorganic sulfate um, is, a, is another molecule that shows up in um, other plants and, and also um, uh, in other forms. Organic sulforaphane shows up in all the brassica vegetables, the, the cruciferous, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. And these are essential for detoxification. And we talk about fats. We talk about where we have cell membranes that are all fat. Um, there are omega-3s, omega-6s. Omega-3s are hugely anti-inflammatory and highly beneficial for brain and liver and vascular health. And the um, uh, omega-6s are uh, plant fats, and they tend to be more pro-inflammatory. Um, so eating lots of seed oils like canola oil is not good. Um, olive oil is a much better choice. Um, arachidonic acid comes from meat and is created by the omega-6 fats too, and it's a pro-inflammatory molecule. And so we can adjust all these uh, ratios of these fats in our body to promote optimal function and the least amount of inflammation. On that, take a break. Oh, sure. <clears throat> you get to take a break. I have to give out Bye. the phone number. And I'm guessing the folks are probably out filling their sandbags about right now. And that's why they're not Seriously. giving us a call at 813-239-9663. Or continue to send your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And you can text us at 813-433-0885. And with a little joke about the sandbags, I want to remind folks that WMNF will be your source for assistance during the coming storm. Should you need it, just follow us at wmnf.org slash weather. Back to you there, Doc. Thank you. David sent us an email. He says, hi, Dr. Fred. I was thinking about the old way that food was distributed to low-income people through the distribution of, open quotes, government cheese, close quotes, peanut butter, powdered milk, etc. Do I think that this food distribution sh program should be reintroduced and would it help with nutrition issues in the low-income communities? Well, it's a mixed bag there. Um, government cheese, those blocks of Velveeta-like processed stuff, are highly questionable as food, but they do have some fat and protein and calcium in it. Um, might even be fortified with vitamin D if they fortified the milk, but I just, um, it's questionable. I think there are better ways we could do it, but if the food's available and it needs to be distributed, I would say distributed. Peanut butter. My problem with that is, again, it might be actually uh, tainted uh, with cancer-causing agents. Powdered milk, God only knows what abused animals it came from if it's stored in government facilities, but uh, you know, it's, it's better than not eating, and I think we really need to get food into people um, uh, when, when they're starving. 
Um, so the, um, um, uh, I want to finish with the fats, though. I, I wanted to mention that um, there are two other things that I need to talk about. Short-chain fatty acids, they come, um, you can eat them, but basically they come from your soluble fiber, the inulin, the resistant starch. When they get uh, broken down by your bacteria in your gut, you get these wonderful things like butyrate. And um, butyrate really helps your colon be happy. And acetate works as fuel for your muscles when you don't even need to eat sugar. Medium chain fatty acids are really good because they, they actually get right into your cells. Medium chain triglycerides help you become ketogenic in a state where you have sugar metabolism issues. So um, those are really important foods too. The uh, um, triglycerides come a lot from coconut oil. I think we have some callers. Yeah, that really rang the bell. I've got uh, Dean, Pete, Penny, and somebody in the green here. So let's go to uh, Dean right now. Good morning, Dean. What have you got for us? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Always love the show. Great job. Um, I've got AFib and have had it for a while. And, you know, I've been doing lots of reading, and I see, you know, you were talking about uh, medium chain triglycerides and things like that. Uh, just looking for some uh, recommendations on diet to help with AFib, what you can eat to kind of help keep your blood thin. Is there such a thing? And you know, they got me on Eliquis. I don't really want to take this stuff, but I'm taking it. You know, just it's kind of hard to find a good uh, homeopathic plan for me to go by. Yeah, I hear you. So um, AFib, uh, principle two causes, alcohol and sleep apnea. Abstain from alcohol and treat your sleep apnea if you've got it. If you haven't mm. been checked, get checked. Um, mm. When you're talking about uh, atrial fibrillation, you have an increased risk of stroke due to the potential of clot formation. Um, blood thinners are shown to vastly reduce the risk, like 95%. There are no clinical studies on vitamin E, fish oil, natokinase, or any combination thereof for actually reducing the stroke impact. I have not seen it in literature. It may be there, but I've been looking and I can't find it. So my recommendation for all my clients is they stay on their blood thinners because I don't have an alternative yet that I have seen that is actually comparable to a 5% or lower in, uh, risk of any kind of problem and a 95% reduction in your chances of a stroke. Mm, um, very good. Yeah. Good so stuff to, to be alcohol on. And take my, my eloquence. Got it. <laughs> yes. And get checked for sleep apnea. Yeah. That I haven't done. And I will do. Thank you. Yes. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Dropping Dean and going to Pete. Good morning, Pete. What have you got? Uh, good morning, Dr. Hawk. How are you doing today? Uh, Wonderful. How are you? Oh, great. You know, um, I just wanted to say that I, I felt like calling you numerous times this morning already, but uh, I, I feel like I would be interrupting, and you were just, you know, volcanic uh, amounts of information that I did not want to slow you down. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're brilliant, and, uh, you know, I, I would just... Uh, I, I take notes rather than calling you and questioning you with stuff that I could probably look up myself. But I think that's pretty uh, pretty true with a lot of callers. I'm not sure, but uh, it, it's like stopping a symphony. Why would you do that? Well, I so appreciate <laughs> your, your compliments. Um, but feel free anytime to interrupt because as soon as I see names up there, I start trying to wind around my current um effluvium and pick up the phone <laughs> right don't hesitate <laughs> all right 
Well, thanks, Doc. You're uh, a real boon to the uh, entire community out here, and we appreciate it. And uh, just the things that you covered today, you know, growing your own garden and, like, you know, alphabetical rundown of nutrients and vitamins and what's good and what's bad. It's priceless. Thank you. You're so welcome. Have a good day, Doc. And you as well. And be safe. Yes, you too. Thank you. All right. Let's go to Penny. Good morning, Penny. Hey there, Dr. Harvey. How, how are you both doing? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for taking my call. I, I have a couple of questions. One is, is there any suggestions on a book or a website that would be good resources for everything that you covered this morning? Because I feel like I would like to be, I, I try to be as uh, healthy, health conscious as I can. But if there is some book that really stands out to you that covers a lot of what you just talked about this morning, because that was a lot of information. Yes, I really blasted y'all. And essentially, um, I used one source for this one rather than going all over the internet. It's an amazing book. It's by a guy named Dan Lukaser, L-U-K-A-C-Z-E-R. And the book is Clinical Nutrition, A Functional Approach. It's brilliant. It's written by about 20 different uh, high-level uh, nutritionists and, and functional medicine doctors, and it's so worth the read. Um, I put a lot of that information in here, um, and uh, I, it's, on, it's on the Healthy Steps website, um, so you can actually uh, pick up some of the information I'm not going to get to today. Like, what foods contain all of our micronutrients? Like, who, who contains the most B1, like brewer's yeast, and, and those kind of things? Brilliant book. Great. I'll look that up. And in reference to the uh, caller before about AFib, I, I just wanted to put this in. I, I noticed that when I take um, and, um, ibuprofen or I put, in, uh, put on Voltarian lotion for inflammation, that my heart has uh, AFib. And as, oh, soon wow. as, I, as soon as I stopped uh, taking ibuprofen, and uh, stop using the Voltarian lotion, and I only just take Tylenol, I eliminated it. So that's something wow. to look into, you know, besides, you know, I'm not saying anything, but I just wanted to put that, that in there. No, I agree with you that there are definite um, other external sources. The two big ones that I mentioned is the, the alcohol and um, um, sleep apnea, but there are so many things that actually can go wrong and everybody's individual biochemical makeup puts them susceptible to different things. So you have a trigger with ibuprofen or um, maybe all non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs because that's what Voltaren is too. So that class may just be bad for you. And that's yeah. good that you recognize that most people aren't that aware. Well, thank you very much for your time. You're so welcome. Well, Bye -bye. Thank you there, Penny. And yeah, the board's kind of lit up like young lovers' eyes here. I've got DeAndre and Bill and Dan and Mark. So let's go to DeAndre. Good morning to you, DeAndre. Welcome back. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Good day. I was calling you today. How, how are you? Fantastic. And you? Wonderful. I, I, I was over, well, hearing um, the discussion about strokes and a, I can't I can't repeat the terms, but at any rate, I, I did have a TIA. I had a mild stroke, but I had a pretty interesting experience there with that, where at some point, you know, I was all into uh, vitamins and supplements, and I have 
thin, but then as well, turmeric. And I was doing those. I was uh, including, if not then subbing those with coffee. And um, some of the, 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 the weakness I had been feeling uh, uh, from the stroke um, had experienced some sort of remedy. And I'm not certain had that I had those to do with those originally um oh. yeah, but it, and what i've been you're breaking up uh, on us deandre oh yes i was wondering about dragon fruit the coq10 uh for a stroke and turmeric but dragon fruit is uh but for pre-diabetes and diabetes okay yeah dragon fruit has some good fiber and it. it may actually help there may be some other properties there but um um, yes, I think um, 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 the other supplements are a good thing too. Magnesium is a great thing uh, for arrhythmias um, and CoQ10 I recommend for everybody who has cardiovascular or um, um, central nervous system problems. So yes, CoQ10 is a good choice. All right. Thank you so much. I just, I had great experiences with that. I had some feeling revived behind those and with the uh, the dragon fruit, I, I, I just had, uh, like, uh, you know, caffeine or something and, uh, I was having a sugar crash and, uh, after having a, a, a bit of that, it just seemed to have remedied itself. And it was a pretty impressive experience. I just wanted to kind of get your take on that and just uh, get formal information on, on some of that. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. I'm going to ask uh, Mark and uh, Don to hang on for just a second, be patient with us, and I'm going to go to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Pretty impressive. Hello? 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 Get you Hello, to turn Bill. your radio off in the back? Yeah, let me do that. I just wonder if I had to do it. I'm sorry to bother you with this question, but there was on either YouTube or uh, Facebook the other day, there was a guy that was saying that green bananas, are the healthy way to eat bananas, and you should cut them up. And I always thought they had to be a little riper. And I was just wondering about that. Does it, would it make any difference, green or yellow bananas, as to the nutritional content? It most definitely does. Green bananas have less sugar, more more fiber, and more um, uh, astringent uh, lectins. They're they're kind of sticky on the tongue. Um, the ripe ones have changed to a higher sugar content, but both have good nutrition um, and you can use them in different ways. Both have some good um, um, soluble fibers that help your microbiome be happy. So I really do like um, both ways. Um, tostones are delicious and so are um, uh, those caramelized, beautiful plantains. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. I kind of thought that, but thank you for confirming it, doctor. And you you're know, welcome. Weekend. Good luck with you the too. hurricane. Yes, stay safe. Yeah, as good as plantains are, I just heard on Democracy Now that 90% of the plantains in uh, Puerto Rico have been wiped out. Oh, no. Yeah. All right, deal with it. Maple food. <laughs> yeah. Geez, they've lost a huge food supply there. Yeah. All <laughs> right, um, let's go to Mark. Good morning, Mark. Yes, good morning. Hi. Hi, good morning, fellas. Um, I just have two really basic things. I, I was just recently prescribed by the cardiologist um, amlodipine and an alipro. Well, recently, like within the last year. 
Okay. And um, I was taking it as uh, 10 milligrams a piece at nighttime. So it's one ca- two tablets at nighttime, 10 milligrams yes. a piece. So I began taking it, and I, I noticed that one of my um, legs, my ankle and foot, were swelling up. My left was 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 uh, a little was holding fluid, retaining fluid, and it was kind of like, um, you know, I noticed it when I take my socks off and that kind of business, and it concerned me. So I talked to him about it, and I had taken my numbers for like three weeks, and he said, "Okay, we'll try." Every other day. Okay, long story short, I've recently, I haven't taken the medication now in four weeks. And I substituted um, moringa tea and avocado pit tea. And I eat properly. And guess what? My numbers are around 113 over 78, um, 120 over 84. At the highest it's been, it's been 132 over like 86. But it's always, uh, recently, it's always in the teens. Anyway, I'm trying to get the interaction here. And, you know, it's very difficult to find a doctor that not only will listen, especially cardiology, but that believes the numbers and believes the um, alternative approach. What's your take? Actually... My take is the cardiologists only believe in numbers. They rarely um, seem to do anything but numbers because it's a number right. of cholesterol, it's a number of blood pressure, it's a number of uh, uh, extra beats, and they're they're treating those numbers. And so, um, yeah, I don't see a reason why if you have good numbers on a dietary intervention, and congratulations that your dietary intervention really helped to, uh, sounds like normalize your blood pressure, I think the cardiologist should be quite happy um, that you found a method that doesn't involve taking pharmaceuticals. Um, he should congratulate you. And if he doesn't, probably find a new doctor because most should be thrilled that you've been able to fix it naturally. Hmm. I, I re- just last week, I had a, um, um, a CAT scan. It was an out-of-pocket thing um, to check coronary arteries, cardiopulmonary system for plaque. and uh, Yes, you had a coronary calcium score. Right. Gotcha. The numbers and what was your- very encouraging, very low in that type of business. And what was your number? Oh, I don't have it in front of me. Oh, I apologize. I don't have it in front of me. That's but- okay. If it was low, that's good. I mean, you, you've just showed that you don't have a lot of scarring in your arteries, so that's a good sign. You've been able to affect your blood pressure with a dietary intervention. You're my kind of patient. <laughs> Keep doing that. Well, thank you, you, good doctor. But I have to tell you that the the folks, my primary care physician, um, is not that receptive to this type of thing. Well, then then you need a new doctor because if somebody's not receptive to you getting normal numbers from dietary intervention, they have an issue. They have an issue with understanding reality. So it's Mm -hmm. time to find a doctor who understands reality. You may need a functional medicine doctor. You can go to ifm.org and search in your area for who's close. I think you really need to have somebody who's responsive, not somebody who's a brick wall of absolute um, um, unresponsiveness. That doesn't work. You need interaction. You need a relationship with your practitioner. You need to trust the relationship. So I think we need to ask our practitioners to step up to another level and be professional again and talk with us and relate to us in 15, 20, 30, 40 minute visits so we can understand what's going on. Not these four minute, here's a pill, see you later kind of visits. Right, right. 
If I, is there any other um, exam that you would recommend? I'm 67 years old and I'm looking at things that. <clears throat> well, you know, let's, let's talk about um, an exam and a full cardiac workup when we do a cardiac show. In the meantime, anything else you want to talk about nutrition today? Oh, oh, okay. Thank you. No, no, I just do the regular, as far as nutrition goes, a multivitamin. Um, um, I do some fish well, oils. Make sure you're getting a multivitamin that has real vitamins in it. Like Centrum is not, and Centrum knockoffs are not, and Centrum Silver is bad because it has um, artificial dyes in it that they color it with to poison you with when you take your vitamin. Look right. for a good quality multivitamin that has chelated minerals from the company called Albion that has activated B vitamins. Um, we're probably not going to get to talking about all that this week, and maybe I'll just continue with micronutrients next week because I have a lot of stuff to say about that. Well, I'll look at it right now, but can you please just... One more time, Albion, Albion. Albion, A-L-B-I-O-N Labs makes the best chelated minerals on the planet. Excellent. Patented. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Okay, guys, listen, stay dry. <laughs> stay safe. You too. You, Take care. Yeah, we're down to about five or six more minutes, and I think uh, Dan gets our good listener award for his patience. Let's go to Dan. Good morning, Dan. So thank you very much. Um, and thank you for the Albion Lab for the uh, minerals. And from what I understand, I think all those centrum type stuff, don't they dig that out of the ground from layers of ground that could have been thousands of years ago? Well, some of that we do too, like with salt, but uh, I don't know really how they make it. I just know that they're mineral salts that don't get well uh, absorbed and they have unactivated uh, B vitamins, you know, like we use cyanocobalamin instead of methyl. So there's so many different things in there. It's just really not worth it to spend the money on that little rock. Gotcha. You got to punch the mitochondria. Um, do you have um, input on OKG? I know that American beverage industry was supposed to consider that. OKG. Don't recognize those um, letters. Alpha alpha ketoglutarate. It's a okay. energy derivative. Okay. Um, so alpha ketoglutarate, yes, is uh, uh, an energy derivative. I don't use a lot of it. I find that um, I haven't needed to when people get fired up with good food and good uh, activated B vitamins. But yeah, occasionally I think it could be useful. I occasionally use it in cardiovascular with, um, with nitric oxide support like arginine. Yep, okay. Um, and then on some of the notes that somebody pointed out, I mean, with the doctors and that, I mean, it is tough. I mean, my neurologist, when released me from care for the um, um, epilepsy that I dealt with, shifting to acupuncture and healthy eating, um, definitely they may not be on board, but some are, and that would be nurse yes. practitioners, I think, and holistic um, doctors as well. Yes, and even some uh, general doctors are really catching on because they realize that this is a big field that needs to be addressed. Most definitely. What was the avocado seed um, tea of some kind? I don't know. That's a new, new one. I've heard, never heard that one before, but um, uh, could be another intervention to research. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, any research out there on the corn silk? Uh, no, I just know it from my eclectic herbal experience that corn silk is a, uh, a really nice uh, diuretic, often combined um, with uh, pipsisoa, another native herbal, um, really good diuresis combination. And, and last but not least, the fructooligosaccharides. Um, what are some of the um, best sources I, I received those through 
um, an aloe vera from a company that harvested it at a point where it was still having that live bioactive ingredient. But are there other sources, or is it best farmed? Um, well, I think um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, 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 uh, it, it occurs in um, um, what's it called? I'm blanking on it. Jerusalem artichoke, and um, you'll get some in okra and um, um, other um, of your of your um, um, food foods that have the the the, the slick kind of of um, uh, fiber, like bananas, uh, green onions, chicory, garlic, asparagus. Um, jicama is a great source for it. Um, barley, you know how barley cooks and gets that slick kind of feel. Jerusalem artichoke, yacon, um, these are all good sources for FOS. Fantastic. Um, thank you very much. And in reference You're welcome. to the item for diabetes, I think bitter melon was a nice option too over the yes. dragon fruit. It is excellent um, addition. I agree. Make it a great day. You all are awesome. Thank you. Stay safe. All right, Eva. Go ahead. I have an email here I wanted to address. Um, someone is asking uh, for elevated liver enzyme number. Having been cured of hepatitis C, will milk thistle lower my number? Well, that is a very Western medicine uh, illness treatment approach. Um, line items like that are not the way I look at things. I look at the web and look at why you might still have elevated liver enzymes and address all the issues because I don't like to just use an herb to do a thing because again, we might not know of the uh, uh, reason that you have it and we may just cover it up. So um, I don't do it that way. All right, well, and we are wrapping on up here, Doc. I was wondering if you've got any uh, clues for us for next week, what to listen to, should we pass the storm? You know, um, we didn't get to micronutrients. Um, I was going to do microbiome next week, but let's stay with micronutrients and go down some more interesting stuff about the vitamins and minerals, where we can get them, what they do, and how they help. Sounds great. Stay safe there, Doc, and thanks for a great show. And until next Monday at 10 o'clock, I want to thank everyone and the doc for uh, participating and listening and give a shout out to Greg for answering the phones. Everybody stay safe, stay healthy, stay dry. You're the greatest. You've been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming on up is five minutes of NPR News and then the Sustainable Living Show hosted by the award-winning team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. Today they welcome to the show Greg Hegel, the director of the USF Botanical Gardens and an esteemed host of the Waking Hours Show here at WMNF at 3 a.m. on Tuesdays. Until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community-conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved.